0: Hi, this is Ananda, president of the Hare Krishna community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday, we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at ISKCONOFDC.org. That's ISKCONOFDC.org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk and Krishna consciousness, and exploring the idea of how we can um, understand ourselves as beyond the body, as spiritual, uh, eternal um, living beings, but within the body, and how there's material emotions, but how those motions are also applicable to our spiritual practice. Uh, We have a wonderful speaker, Bhakti Vasudev Swami. He is a monk and a scholar in our tradition. He has his master's in, and I have this all written down and then I've just lost the website, uh, philosophy and education. And his particular interest is working with professionals and uh, linking the great teachings of bhakti yoga and the teachings of the Vedas to the professional context which we live in and how that can inform how we make our choices. He's uh, super energetic, super um, practical, and really, really encouraging. So we're delighted to have you here. Um, Born and raised in Nigeria. Yes, Maharaj? And he's a disciple of Bhakti Tirtha Swami. So please give His Holiness Bhakti Vasudev Swami a very warm welcome.
1: So we'd like to, we like to welcome everyone to our Sunday Feast uh, here in Iskand Potomac. Um, and like the president has mentioned, Martin just mentioned, about the topic is uh, emotions. So emotions, this is a very a popular construct in modern, modern civilization, either in civic society or in spiritual circles. Why? Because we are embodiments of emotions. The living being. These bodies, the bodies that we've acquired in this life, I don't know the previous lives, but in this life, our bodies, they are made, of, they are made up of emotions too. And of course, if you read the very literature, you'll find that the apex of emotional exhibition, It's in relationship with Krishna. But today, we're not going to talk about Mahabhav, those uh, exalted emotions, okay? (laughs) We're going to talk about something real practical, you know, something that we're going to go down to art. We do have emotions. we may be different in terms of uh, our faces, our gender, our age, or whatever, but every human being has emotions. How we, what we do with those emotions is up to us. So, for instance, we have the tendency to be happy when we're getting good news, oh, we have, we attained some achievement. I'll give an example, very raw example. Somebody has been looking for a spouse, a man or woman. And sometimes it's a big struggle, a big, you know, a big adventure. Sometimes you become really frustrated because your goal has not been achieved. So you get affected, you're sad because you have an objective or you have a goal, you have a purpose that you know, you have not attained that purpose. so it could be, it could be challenging to deal with those situations. And so if one is not properly uh, equilibrated in terms of happiness, happiness and distress, they could be very much uh, affected by A situation where they want to get something, and they are not able to achieve it. At least, I don't want to generalize, but majority of the people on the planet they have have encountered this type of situation. You know, (laughs) where they want something, they struggle so much to achieve that they have not achieved it. They may achieve it in the future, but they have not achieved it, and so that creates some type of despondency. Sometimes people become sad and it's all open. It's just so clear in their outlook, in their attitude, in their interactions. So this type of emotion is caused by uh, circumstances or environmental, environmental factors. So if eventually, uh, I achieved that goal, I, I, I hooked up, I got someone that I hooked up with, I got married, and before even a marriage, there's a big ceremony called wedding, isn't it? <laughs> Where you have to invite your friends, families, home and abroad, to come to participate in the celebration. So here we find that a particular environmental situation was causing us negative emotion in terms of invoking unpleasant situation or sadness. And so we felt bad. But here we have achieved our goal Got in. So I was giving an example of seeking for a spouse. So now, I've got a spouse, and so I had to invite my friends, my family members, and everybody else come around. And they could all see how happy I am. It's completely different from, this, my situation is completely different from when I was seeking out for a spouse. At that time, there was A heavy desperation. I was like a desperado. Nothing in this world suits my purpose except I get a spouse. (laughs) Yes. So now, my goal is achieved. I am very happy. They say I was not happy before. But now my goal has been achieved. And I'm very happy. So you see that a one specific situation triggers different emotions. When I was pursuing my goal, I was not happy. I've achieved my goal. Whew! Superlatively happy. I'm, ex- you know, it's a common thing. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited about this. <laughs> So, we can't deny the fact that we are emotionally charged. Human beings, we are emotionally charged. But then the emotions, they manifest in different situations, under different circumstances. So, if we are sad because of some environmental factors or because of some intrinsic. A factor, intrinsic means something that caused our sadness, something that was, I mean, that is coming from, the, from our internal being, from the body, from, from within. The cause is from within. The cause of my sadness is from within. Either I have some problems with my health or some psychological problem or whatever, I'm not just happy. But someone also could make me happy. Before I was not happy because I didn't have it. I was looking for a spouse I didn't have. Now I'm happy because I've got it one. So, (laughs) emotions are triggered by environmental factors. They could be also triggered by intrinsic factors. What traditionally happens is that a number of people on the planet... They don't seem to understand. They don't seem to recognize their emotions and emotions of others. And so this this is a big subject matter in the management sciences and the social sciences. When you do recognize your emotions and emotions of others, this is called emotional intelligence. I was reading on a news forum on social media. A girl was narrating an episode in her family. The younger sister was depressed. And they had a they had a mother who wouldn't care less. So the girl was being suicidal she was having suicidal thoughts so the older girl told the mother that my sister is depressed and you know what the mom said immediately she interjected your sister is too happy to be depressed so here is a case where someone is unable to recognize someone else's emotions. And it could, it could look like, you know, something very simple. But we, we are exposed to this type of situation. Sometimes even in the family. Family members are very much low, sometimes in emotional intelligence. And so this is something that people need to understand that our relationships basically are based, they are strengthened by emotional support. And so if we are facing some challenges and we don't have emotional support, we don't have someone to listen to our problem or someone who has, who is there to be able to uh, give us some good advice, some motivation to move on Life could be very challenging. That type of situation could be very challenging. You feel desperate and sometimes people regret of being alive, being alive or being born in those type of situations. And therefore the whole idea of Krishna consciousness is based on, you know, developing love, our latent love for Krishna. But what about those people around us? Lord Krishna mentions in the Padma Purana that those who claim to be my devotees, they are not my devotees. Those who are the devotees of my devotees, they are the actual devotees. And who is a devotee of Lord Krishna? One of the basic symptoms of a devotee is that they are emotionally very supportive. One of Prabhupada's disciples told me a story recently how he was very sick in Maipo. And at that time, Prabhupada himself was terribly ill. In fact, he was being carried in a palanquin. He couldn't even even walk. But when Prabhupada heard that this devotee was sick, he completely ignored his own problems. And he gave orders. Hey, you go do this. Hey, go do this. Go call this doctor. Go do this. This is emotional support at, at its peak. When you have a problem and you don't get overwhelmed with a problem or you just don't deny the fact that you have a problem, but amidst or in that very problem, you are fighting. To support someone who is facing a challenge. Who is facing a crisis. That's not so easy. Because generally when we have a problem. We are completely absorbing a problem. And we completely become oblivious. To whatever, whatever that is happening to anyone else. <laughs> and we could have a philosophy to rationalize that. That self-preservation is the, you know, false law of nature, right? <laughs> but the pure devotee does not act like that. So I just gave you the example of Shiliparupad. And so, as a society, we are growing and emotional support is so important for the sustainability of our movement. Sustainability here implies we have to do something that will not interfere with the happiness of even future generations in our community. And so, to act for ourselves could be very easy, but to recognize the emotions of others and be there to support them that could be very challenging. Because like I give you an example of even a parent denies <coughs> denies the fact that her daughter has a problem. Even when the older sister came to report to her, she denies it. And so sometimes we find this is a very common scenario. Because in most cases, there's a stigma attached to mental health. And sometimes you find situations where children are depressed. And then the parents, they deny the fact. I had one of my uh, mentees sometimes some years ago. And there was this problem. And, you know, the parents, they just completely, like, ignore it. They denied it. Why? Because of the stigma. And sometimes we just, don't, we, do, we just don't care. We see the child like a property and all that we want is what we, can, what we can get from that child. We don't really take cognizance of the fact that they have emotions and we have to be there to support them emotionally. And so we find in the case of Arjuna he was on the battlefield of Kurukshetra. Krishna was there with him and Krishna was persuading him to fight. And Arjuna at some point in time was overwhelmed by emotions. He said his, his body is shivering. His, I mean he can't do anything. <laughs> He can do anything. But Krishna has to rectify him. In most cases, we don't have a spiritual master like like Arjuna had his spiritual master Krishna right by by his side to rectify us or to give us the emotional support. But we all have to act as agents of the spiritual master, agents of Srila Prabhupada. To be there to support the devotees around us or to support our family members. And we can say, because we are devotees, we are transcendental to emotions. We are not transcendental to emotions. <laughs> when we begin to think that we do have emotions and if, it is, if, we have, if some negative emotion crops up, we should think of what to do to be able to rectify that. But we don't say, where. Well, I'm a devotee. I'm transcendental. I don't have that problem. (laughs) A devotee was on medication. I like to be graphic, you know. (laughs) A devotee was on medication prescribed by a physician in America. The temple president said, Go and flush those medications. This is not Purana. It's not a Puranic statement, a Puranic episode. Just recently, just, you know, recently, a few, few months ago. So the devotee come, came to meet me, or spoke to me. I said, don't mind it, time am president. <laughs> Go on with, this is a prescription from a physician. Now the point is that, the point I'm bringing up this is that when we come to devotional service, we stay for a few years. Some of us, not everybody, some of us will think that we become omniscient. We know everything. Because we are devotees, right? Right? <laughs> if, we, if we tend to think that we know everything and we don't need to take advantage of uh, people who are in different specialties, then we are making a grave mistake. Because, like Papa will always say, utility is a principle. We should take advantage of, you know, professionals who are around us to be able to, uh, to grow in our social and spiritual lives. Now that we think we have been turning 16 rounds or... 50 rounds or 30 rounds or whatever for a number of years, now I become, you know, I become all cognizance. (laughs) We do have limitations. (laughs) So, talking about emotions, when we experience negative emotions, what do we do? Should we just deny It's it's, it's so easy to be in in denial, you know. It's so easy to say, that's not me. No, 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 it's not me. I don't have that problem. (laughs) We should be pragmatic. We should be practical. We have these material bodies. These bodies, you know, the very prayers we recite before we take presidim every day is that this body is a lump of ignorance. <laughs> what does a lump of ignorance mean to you? means negativities. So we do, when we experience negative emotions, we should not deny the fact. We should see how best to address it. If we need some help, we should seek for help. And if we are parents and our our kids come to report to us about some negative emotions they are experiencing, we should not just shy away from the reality. I'm saying this because I've experienced it. I've, I've seen kids in our movement who have this type of problem. The parents just ignore, they deny that. No, it's not you. This is just mental concoction. You're just thinking like that. (laughs) And therefore, we should be practical. Because we have these bodies. We should take care of these bodies. To be able to utilize these bodies nicely in Krishna consciousness. Hare Krishna. I had some comments or some questions. Yes.
2: It seems that the um, mind can be one of the seats that produces emotions, and um, it's hard as a practitioner to um, decipher how to respond to, this is just my mind, or how valid are these mind emotions. And it seems that like philosophy can be used to emotionally support a person, or it can be used to estrange or distance you. Uh, and um, the application of philosophy in relationship to the emotions And the mind, because it's easy as devotees just to be like, oh, that's just the mind. Um, But it is an emotion that's been produced by the mind. So um, when to, quote, ignore or not feed the mind emotions, Mm. or when to take care and how to take care of them. Um, I was wondering if you could say something on this with philosophy.
1: Thank you very much. Rupa Goswami mentions uh, in, Rupa, uh, in the uh, in the nectar of instructions or Rita <clears throat> that we do recognize that we do have negative emotions. So this is Rupa Goswami; it's like you know our primary, uh, our acharya. And he mentioned about krodha, anger, the agitations of the mind. And so, yeah, emotions are there. And Rupert mentions specifically that we should be experts at managing the mind, managing the negative emotions. In other words, Rupert wanted us to become highly emotionally intelligent. Like I mentioned, you know, emotional intelligence is, is a big thing, you know, uh, in the management sciences. So many books have been written in most of the universities. Some courses have been offered on emotional intelligence. Because it's a big thing, you know, because people throw tantrums all over the place. Even the, you know, the global leaders, supposedly global leaders, they they, they throw tantrums because they don't have emotional intelligence. They don't have high emotional intelligence. They can't control their emotions. They don't recognize that. There's a need to censor how we subscribe to the emotions. So yeah, you, are, you ask a very pertinent question, what to do? So here is where we can really bring in the concept of uh, a checks and balance based on Guru, advanced Sastra. Say, my mind tells me something. I see some girl and then I said, Oh, this is the love I've been looking for all these years. I got it. That's it. (laughs) Let me pursue it. We've seen situations like this. And in some cases, we don't don't even take cognizance of the fact that you don't just see somebody and you are attracted to the person and you start pursuing that because you, you're convinced that that is love. And so when we check that on the scale of Guru, Sadhu, and Sastra, we'll find that no. <laughs> so the important factor is that whenever we have emotions, especially negative emotions, we should weigh it on the scale of Guru, Sadhu, and Sastra but it takes some practice because sometimes the, the, the emotions, you are driven by the emotions to the brink of disaster. And for you to, before, before you realize you, you are already pursuing it vigorously and then later you realize now, oh, I made a mistake. <laughs> so, bottom line, we wait on the scale of Guru, Sadhu, and Sastra. It means that we, should, we have to be really very quick at thinking. If we are just reactive, we will become victims of circumstance. If we are proactive, we will always become free from the temptations of the mind. The mind could be our friend. If we properly regulate it, the mind could be our worst enemy if we are the minds subscribers these days people we you know people people subscribe to all, all types of video uh youtube channels uh- <laughs> I usually subscribe to the political, political uh, reviews of YouTube channels uh, by these uh, journalists. So yeah, we subscribe to anything. So many, you know, lists and whatever. If we are subscribers of the minds dictates, we will always experience negative emotions. And therefore, the check and balance, weighing whatever that is triggered by the mind on the check and balance, we have to weigh it on the check and balance of Guru, Sadhu, and Sastra so that we have a proper sense of direction and proper decisions to make. Does it make some sense? Yes. Uh, Excellent talk, Prabhu. Uh, I have a question that uh, how do you take a precautions that uh, uh, you're going negative negative uh, feel, uh, emotions mm. about your precautions that you're going to face a situation in next five minutes or, a half, or a half an hour that going to disturb you? Definitely going to disturb you. How do you take a precautions to face a situation? In you know, mm. that's a nice point. A nice point. It's just similar to what is uh, similar to the last patient. A precaution, you know, was present. I mean, what do you do? in the next five minutes you could face an emotion could drive you to the brink of disaster. First thing is that if we are trying to be devotees, we should always rely on Krishna. But don't say, Well, I depend on Krishna. Krishna should do everything. Because Arjuna, even with Arjuna. Krishna was there by his side. But Arjuna was the archer. Krishna was his chariot driver. So we don't expect Krishna to be our chariot driver and, be, and also be the archer. What would we do? We we'll just sit back to enjoy, right? It doesn't work like that. <laughs> so, we have to develop our emotional intelligence so that if anything crops up, we have to wait on the scale of Guru Sadhu and Sastra. And if it is something that is approved by Guru Sadhu and Sastra, immediately we jump onto it and we will click positivity. If it is something that is not in line with Guru Sadhu and Sastra, we will be able to repudiate it immediately. But not with anger, because see, this is a, this is another thing. Sometimes we encounter challenges or situations, or someone, or a situation even triggers a negative emotion, and we go a wire. No, being proactive means acting like Krishna when the demon approached Krishna when he was uh, taking charge. When Balaram and Satyaki were sleeping, they were on a trip. Baladam Satyaki was sleeping and Krishna watched, was watching over them, and this demon came. He was very, Krishna was very proactive. <laughs> the demon said, Look, I'm going to, I will save you, but allow me to eat your friends. So Krishna just busted out into laughter. Shows an aggravating situation. And the more Krishna was laughing, The more the demon became angry. And the more the demon was angry because Krishna didn't take him seriously. He was just being proactively laughing. The more the demon was was reducing in size. The same demon, the opposite was the case with Satyaki and Balaram. He came to meet Satyaki and Balaram when they were in charge of the guard. And they were so angry and the demon increased in size like anything. Now with Krishna... When he came, he was just making a jest of the situation. He was laughing. It's something so serious, the demon said, and you're laughing. That's proactivity. We should be proactive. It's a skill. It's an art that should be practiced. We should learn it. So first point is that we have to proactively weigh that situation on the scale of Guru Sadhu and Satsang. But if we don't don't acquire high emotional intelligence, forget it. You can deal with it. How to acquire emotional intelligence? There are several interventions that have been provided in the spiritual circles and in academic circles. Prabhupada has provided us with what I will call sonic therapeutic intervention. If you were really, you really like yourself, if you really like yourself, this is the intervention that you should be embarking on. Self management of your emotions. And that comes with very strict southern beginning with chanting Krishna's holy names. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Krishna Krishna. Hare Hare. Hare Rama. Hare Rama. Rama Rama. Rama, Rama Hare Hare. If you're really astute, not just chanting one round, at least chanting a minimum of 16 rounds, Krishna will bless you with that high emo- emotional intelligence. Things will come, but you look at it from, you know, a positive angle. You will see what to learn from that. Instead of fleeing up and, you know, two wrongs, don't always make it right. So we should be proactive. Proactive in the sense we should proactively wait that situation on the scale of Guru Sadh Sastra. Does it make some sense? Thank you. We have to close. Right now, isn't it? Oh, really? (laughs) All right. All right. We still have opportunity for questions and answers.
3: Hello, Prabhu. Uh, This is here. Excellent discussion. I have a quick question in follow-up. So um, I can understand, like, being proactive, being enlightened, you can control the situation on your own. But sometimes even our family members or somebody even very close whom we love, they have a negative cycle of emotions. It comes periodically. And you see that that's the behavior, it's coming to you every time. Mm-hmm. So how do you control that? Like yeah. you are, you know, you really want them to improve upon that. Mm. You really want that this should go away and it gives, impacts the family. Yeah. So how do you do that?
1: Right. So here is a, here is a situation where a person's, an individual's behavioral pattern is creating some type of turbulence in the family or in a love circle. So what do you do? First, don't be reactive. And for you not to be reactive in those type of turbulent situations, you have to raise your consciousness. You have to raise your standard. If you're on the same level with them, you will not help so much. This is not something that... You see, for you to teach someone in a university, say you want to be a teacher to someone who is doing his master's or her master's, you have to have a PhD. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to, we have to raise our consciousness to be able to help people around us. Because when we raise our consciousness... We radiate a particular type of loving energy. And if even someone does something funny, first, we should have the ability to be able to sustain that. We should become like a car with first class shock absorbers. <laughs> because when we have that type of ability, then we can help people. And I can give you a practical example. Some people, they are born with those abilities. I was in Laguna Beach to give a class on Ram Nomi. <laughs> and after the class, as I was sitting there, just after the class, have not even gotten up from the asan, a gentleman came to me and was reporting himself, (laughs) self-report, what he did to his eight-years-old daughter. He said he came back from work one day, and for no apparent reason he could think of, he started insulting this girl, abuses and whatever. Whatever. The girl had very high shock absorber. <laughs> she tolerated every damn thing. So after some days, the father had even forgotten. They were eating and laughing. So she brought up the, uh, they brought up the whole this situation. Eight years old. This is not Purana. I'm talking about what happened to, in Laguna Beach just recently. Classical, I mean, just a, a, a contemporary situation, contemporary issue. So the girl, the daughter asks, Dad, you remember that day you, you, you came back from work? <laughs> and you rained all type of abuses on me for no reason. Did you have a fight with someone that day in the office? He was completely demoralized with the girl's question. He kept quiet. It was just some few days when he came to the temple and he came to tell me that. I said, bring that girl here. So he called the girl. He brought the daughter. <laughs> I said, I pleaded with the girl. I begged her to forgive the father. But then, you know, after everything, I told the father, "You should pay the to this girl. Because this is not an ordinary human being. He's not an ordinary girl. He, she is more advanced than you in terms of emotional control. Or emotional intelligence. This is a case where someone is born with those type of abilities. Not, we are all not born with those type of abilities. We have to cultivate it. And that is why we should cultivate high spiritual sadhana to be able to enhance our emotional intelligence. Then we can act like that girl. If someone acts funny, someone will act funny around you. I'd, and it could be your, 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 your most beloved. And that could be so painful. But we should have that high spiritual consciousness that we are able to absorb it. And then later, when the situation comes down, we should address it. Like the girl did. We should address it. The person might be ashamed. But the idea is to reconcile and create a viable future in a family. The bottom line is that if we are on the same level with the person, the problem is not going to be resolved. Because one day you pick back and there will be a fight. Does it make any meaning, Mataji? Sure. I beg your pardon? Take uh, take the microphone.
3: Like when you are a shock absorber for the family, you can be taken for granted, right? No. You you can be like, okay, you know, whatever is thrown upon, you can take that because you are so patient and you can take those shocks. But is there like kind of a time limit like, okay, in terms of years, I have given these many years and I have been shock absorber, but now this is your turn or it has to be, you know taken care by someone else in the... Sure. So, so how, because at some point it, ha, it should not be the thing that you are just, because you're nice, you are being misused or, you know.
1: I understand.
3: Being, so how do you do that?
1: Yeah, there are drastic measures you can take. <clears throat> if, for instance, if you're in an abusive relationship, abusive, uh, abusive marriage, I don't subscribe to the idea. I'm sorry, this is a personal opinion. I don't subscribe to the idea that anyone should be in a relationship and be maimed and killed. And you say, well, I'm not his (laughs) body." We should be practical, do what is most feasible to get out from the situation. And therefore, for one, if someone is traumatizing you in a family... Call that person up. To traumatize someone is against the criminal codes of this country. It's against the Constitution. And so we can't stay in a family where someone is violating the laws of the land. I'm sorry, but you know, I just have to be up. So yes, we're trying to be devotees, but we should not become fools. Someone should not think that we are fools because we are trying to create some good relationship based on tolerance and forbearance. Yes, people can take advantage of you. But like the girl did, she tolerated. Once. She called the father up. We sometimes miscue. We think, time to teach us to a barater. For life, you're going to have some mental health situation. And therefore, we should have people in our circles, in our family, that if even your spouse is antagonizing you, we should have relationships in the family that it gets to a point we should be able to you know, uh, share that information with someone in a family that we love to be able to come to the rescue. But Otherwise, you may resort to you know, other type of legal actions. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, but this is, this is my response to you. I don't subscribe to the idea that people should just sit down there and just because they're trying to be devotees and somebody dehumanizes them for the rest of their life. No, I'm sorry. I'm not part of that. I mean, Krishna even was not part of that. The Pandavas were being subjugated by the Kuravas. And Krishna said, no, 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 no. You have to take action. Is it not? was it not? Oh, yeah. Krishna consciousness is an action consciousness. We can easily misunderstand, misinterpret the scriptures and let us expose ourselves to unsolicited trauma. But it's not worth it. Okay, so we should address situations. Yeah, we should raise our consciousness, but look, I tell you one thing, I'm moving out, I'm walking around the road, walking along, in this dress, supposedly a sadhu. Now, when you cross my way against the constitution or against the criminal courts of the United States, I will <laughs> call the police. It's as simple as that. <clears throat> it's as simple as that.
4: Hi Krishna. Um, a couple comments, much Fantastic class. Especially inspiring to hear a Sannyasi talking about such practical things that are there in all of our lives. I really appreciate your insights, so thank you for that couple of comments. One on, on the, the question of how much can we tolerate. You, you, you took it to the level of like dealing with domestic abuse. For the devotees that don't know, I mean ISKCON in North America has made a very public statement to clarify because sometimes people don't understand. Domestic abuse is absolutely in violation of Krishna conscious principles. Not acceptable within the families. And if you haven't read the official statement to get some background information, you can look on ISKCONnews.org you just type in domestic abuse, and there's a, you can do a lot of research there and resources that are available and how we can address problems in the, in the larger community. So that's one point. Second thing, I, from an earlier point you made, sometimes you talked about how we should seek spiritual help. want to, again, kind of reinforce your point. As a person trying to help others, we shouldn't think it means we're supposed to fix it. You know, as you mentioned, someone's depressed or has an issue. We shouldn't think, well, you know, I'm a senior devotee, or I'm the older sister, or I've been chanting Hare Krishna for a year now, so I know how to fix the problem. (laughs) But as you said earlier, more important is just to be able to to listen to someone. You know, there's multiple courses on, on communications and problem solving in ISKCON, and there's a big emphasis on oftentimes people just need to be heard. They don't need a solution. So this idea that, you know, we're going to fix it. Somebody, you know, starts to tell us their problem. We say, well, you're not chanting sincerely enough, or you're not reading enough, or you're not surrendering enough, or you eat too much, or you're not giving enough donations to the temple, or, you know, whatever whatever it is. So we shouldn't think like that. And the uh, last one, I think, just a question for you. Um, that was another point I'm forgetting. Question for you, just so we can wrap up. Uh, in the need to take shelter of other devotees and other family members and like that, what do you do some of us may not feel there is someone who we can reveal our minds to? You know, when I hear you say this, I think I've got a couple people I can call up and really pour my hat out to, and I do so from time to time. What if we don't feel we have that connection? Hmm. Or how can we learn to be that person for others? Some, some advice you might offer us on that.
1: Okay. Yeah, uh <clears throat> Rupa Goswami mentioned that we should have some confidence or uh, someone that we could reveal our minds to. But, but what, do we have, what is the essence of revealing our minds to someone? The idea is that, <clears throat> say, I'll give you a practical example. If you have a, a quarter size of paper, your friend comes and he says, I need some paper to write down something from this literature. So you divide the paper into two and you give him a, give him, him or her a part you no longer have a full quote sized sheet of paper. Your paper is reduced to half. In a similar way, if we are poor, or if we share our feelings, our experiences, our traumatic experiences with someone that we trust and love dearly, someone who will not take us to the streets, our problem automatically becomes reduced to some degree. Because we have shared that emotions with someone else. Now, how do we develop ourselves to a situation where people can reveal their hearts to us? We don't have to force people because, okay, I'm a senyansi. You tell me everything that is going on with you. No, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> there has to be that connection. Every one of us has to have someone that we have confidence in, we are connected with, it could be even your child that you should be able to, you know, pour out your heart to the person. So the relationship develops with time. We don't, we, we don't just see somebody and because they've been there 30 years, 50 years before us, and then I won't tell you my secrets. I won't tell you my emotions because I don't have the connection with you. So we create a connection with sometimes you see someone and you're just attracted to that person. And it happens that you build up a relationship, a devotional relationship that, you know, before you know, you you don't feel any restraint in telling that person how, what you're passing through, and all the rest of them. So, as we move on with our spiritual development, we encounter this type of people that we feel connections with. And those type of situations they give us a leverage. They enable us to be able to become better devotees and uh, you know better social beings by being able to air our feelings or our traumatic experiences, to share our traumatic experiences or our happiness uh, with such you know uh, confidence. And so it's just a matter of time. To, to the best of my understanding, I mean you don't just have to force somebody because I'm mean, saying yes. So you tell me everything. No. <laughs> you wouldn't la <mean> like that. He said, a bar